0: Sure, the Waters family is going to have our special this morning. I'm sure they want you to whisper a prayer for them. Anything on your heart this morning before we change the course of service? As always, I have a interest and a desire in your prayers this morning. I have thought about this subject and tried to study and meditate on it this week and It doesn't take very much to get over my head. I don't think there's ever been anyone that's ever said, He's a deep preacher. Uh, I'm not. There's lots of deep preachers out there that uh, I enjoy listening to. They bring things out of the Scripture, and uh, it just amazes me. I'm like a a kid in a candy store. My mouth just sitting there wide open as they feed me, and I'm just, man, boy, it's amazing how they see me. I feel like I heard a preacher say, he said, they're using a backhoe bucket. And he said, here I am with a plastic fork. That's about the way I feel about it. Uh, they're shoveling out with a backhoe bucket, and I do the best I can with a plastic fork. But none the least this morning, the Lord's give us a little thought, and I want to try to bring it out. And like I said, it's a bigger subject than, than I feel like I'm capable of this morning. But the Lord really was able to show us some things. And if anything comes from this message this morning, I want you to be like Moses was there in Exodus when he called out to the Lord and he said, Shoe me thy glory. And I pray this morning that we, as God's people, might sit back and say, Lord, would you show me your glory? I have a a desire. I've got a a need in this life that I see the glory of God. Now, I'm not saying necessarily that uh, just as Moses was, that we'll see Him in the physical aspect of it. But this morning, I want you to know, if you desire it, uh, you can get a glimpse of the glory of God. He'll show it to you in different ways. Uh, When the Spirit manifests itself, uh, listen, when the Spirit of God passes by in a service, uh, when people of God begin to move, when the old church begins to work and labor for God and you sit back, you can see the glory of the Lord. And this morning, that would be our desire. Uh, just in a way, I don't want to take up a whole lot of time, but we've got a few verses of Scripture this morning. But uh, I want you to understand that uh, Moses, in the 17th chapter, we're not going to take a reading there, but if you want to look at that later on, you're more than able to. In the 17th chapter, because the people, listen, because the Israelites had been murmuring, the Bible says, that God had instructed Moses uh, to smoke the rock or to strike the rock one time. And yet He did that, and the Bible says that that rock brought forth water. And my friend, as we begin to go through this, I want to try to show you uh, that that rock is Jesus Christ. And I believe the Scripture still points to it today as we begin to examine how the Scripture harmonizes with each other. But also, as you begin to look on a little bit further, uh, it says there, uh, some 38 years, I believe it was later, 38 or 39 years later, uh, the first time he smoked the rock, that he was there at Mount Horeb. And now he found himself at Kadesh. And he, uh, the Lord had insp- uh, instructed Moses to speak to the rock. He said, speak to the rock. And yet, uh, I believe out of frustration, and it even says that God had spoke to him because of his unbelief, that he smoked the rock twice. And God was angered in that. God was not pleased with those things. And my friend, I hope to bring some of those things out to you this morning. I want to look in the 34th chapter of the book of Deuteronomy. If we could title this subject this morning, uh, we would title it, Shoe Me Thy Glory. Shoe Me or Show Me Thy Glory. I need you prayers this morning. 34th chapter of Deuteronomy. And Moses went up from the plains of Moab unto the mountain of Nebo to the top of Pisgah that is over against Jericho. And the Lord shewed him all the land of Gilead unto Dan, and all Natali, and the land of Ephraim, and Manasseh, and all the land of Judah, unto the utmost sea and the south of the plain of the valley of Jericho, unto the city of palm trees, unto Zor. And the Lord said unto him, This is the land which I swore unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob, saying, I will give it unto thy seed. I have caused thee to see it with thine eyes, but thou shalt not go over hither. And I want to stop there for just a moment this morning. And as we begin to uh, look at the scripture, uh, we know that uh, uh, Moses uh, would later on he would uh, die here, uh, but that's not our focus this morning. I want you to know that uh, uh, that God had used Moses in a mighty way uh, for the people, uh, uh, the children of Israel had been in Egypt, and the Bible says that they had cried out unto the Lord. Uh, that they might be delivered of their taskmasters. And we know then that they had cried out for over 400, and I believe it was 30 years. And as they began to cry out, as the Bible says, that the Lord began to work on Moses, that He might deliver them uh, out of that bondage. Uh, We know the Scripture says that He took them across uh, as He held out His rod, and He walked them across the Red Sea. Uh, on dry ground, the Bible says. And He brought them that He might take them into the land of promise. Now, I want you to know and understand this morning that as they began that journey, a lot of times that particular generation that have come out of Egypt, uh, they were not allotted to go into the promised land uh, because of the sin and because of the things that they had done. According to the Scripture, uh, uh, some of that pertaining to the golden calf and all of those things. Uh, But listen this morning. Uh, They were not permitted to go into the promised land. Uh, But rather, uh, this morning, that generation had fallen away with an exception of two. And here it was, Moses, at the end of his life. uh, No doubt, uh, Well of age, I believe he was probably around 120 years old. Him desiring all of his life he had uh, led the children of Israel. He had carried them through the wilderness. And God took him up unto the mountain of Nebo that he might look out and get a view. And as he sat there on that mountain uh, I believe the Lord strengthened his eyes and all of this time he had uh, Noted about and had written down those things about the promised land. But finally getting to behold it with his eyes. Uh, he didn't get to cross over uh, because uh, there we talked about how that he had smoked the rock twice. Uh, he didn't get to cross over because of those things. But rather God allowed him to get a view of it. And this morning I'm hoping and I'm praying that as God's people we continue to get a view of it. I'm hoping and I'm praying uh, that we continue to look over yonder uh, this morning towards a better country. And I'm not just talking about in a sense a lot of times we preach about uh, the promised land being a picture of heaven, uh, which it is. Uh, It said that it was a land that flowed with milk and honey. Uh, My friend, I believe that it is that land. But also this morning, I believe it's a picture of the Lord's church. I believe it's a great and beautiful picture. He looked out yonder, no doubt, and he could see All of those things that had been promised. And this morning I hope to be able to relate some of those things to you. Uh, When we began to think about Him smoting that rock, that rock was to be smote one time. Just as our Lord Jesus Christ was to be smote and stricken one time. It says over there in Isaiah in the 53rd chapter, it says, Surely... He hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem Him stricken and smitten of God and afflicted. But He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was laid upon Him. And with His stripes we are healed. Uh, That word smote means to uh, smite one time, to strike, to beat, to cast forth, to give wounds, to kill, uh, to punish, Slaughter to be stricken, give stripes and of wound, uh, my friend, when the Lord spoke there the first time in the seventeenth uh, chapter of Exodus, and he spoke as the children of Israel were murmuring, he was to strike that rock one time, just as Jesus Christ was stricken one time, and my friend there uh no doubt because of the murmuring of the people. Uh, I believe he got a little hasty and got carried away. I believe he got a little bit angered, if you will. And uh, he smoked that rock twice. But the Lord allowed him to get a view. And this morning, uh, we too need to get a view. Our reading lesson this morning will come from the 33rd chapter of the book of Exodus. And I don't want to worry your patience too awful much longer, but I've got, a, I've got quite a bit that I want to try to get out this morning. Pray for me. The Lord had instructed Moses to take the tabernacle and to pitch it outside the camp. And as he did that, uh, we'll take up our reading this morning in the ninth verse in the 33rd chapter of Exodus. And it says, And it came to pass, as Moses entered into the tabernacle, and the cloudy pillar descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle, the Lord talked with Moses. And the people saw the cloudy pillar stand at the tabernacle door. And all the people rose up and worshipped every man in his tent door. And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face, As a man speaketh unto his friend. And he turned again Unto the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. And Moses said unto the Lord, See, thou sayest unto me, Bring up this people, uh, that thou hast not let me know thou wilt sin with me. Thou, yet thou hast said, I know thee by name, and thou hast also found grace in my sight. Now therefore I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, Show me now the way that I may know thee, and that I may find grace in thy sight, and consider that this nation is thy people. And I want to stop there for just a moment. Uh, As Moses began to speak face to face with the Lord there, I don't believe, uh, and we'll get down to that uh, later on here in this chapter, but he didn't speak to him in a literal sense face to face, but he spoke to him as he would speak to a friend. And my friend, this morning, that's still the way that we communicate with God. Uh, We get down to Him. uh, What you'd say, we get down to business, if you will. And my friend, we call out to Him like He's our friend. Uh, My friend, I'm thankful this morning that He counted me worthy to be His friend. I'm not worthy of anything. But I'm thankful that He sees me as a friend. I'm thankful this morning that not only that, He sees me as His brother, for Jesus Christ is our elder brother. And this morning I'm thankful for that. uh, That I've got a friend in Jesus. And we need to get down to business. He spoke to him. As a friend would speak to a friend. And Moses began to pray. It says, now listen to me this morning, uh, young people. He says, uh, now therefore I pray thee. Uh, He began to pray out to God. And he said, I have found grace in thy sight. He said, now show me thy way. And my friend, this morning, if there ever was a time when God's people... I need to be calling out to Him, asking Him, show me the way. My friend, it's now, as we look there in the 14th chapter of the Gospel of John, I believe it was Thomas that said, "Uh, Lord, how do we know the way? And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. My friend, He is the way this morning. And if you're going to know the way, you've got to look to Jesus Christ to lead you. In every aspect of your life, in every direction, Jesus Christ must lead. He said, Now show me the way that I may know Thee. No doubt Moses already knew the Lord. I, I've heard it. Uh, I've heard some people say, but uh, by different denominations, that, well, that because Moses and uh, didn't get to enter the promised land that Moses would not saved. Bless your heart, Moses, and God was close. They had a close relationship with one another. He talked to him as he would a friend. He was also in the 17th chapter of the book of Matthew. He was there with the Lord on the Mount of Transfiguration. He was close with the Lord. He walked with Him. He talked with Him. He communed with Him. He had a relationship with Him. And my friend, we as God's people, oh, I desire, I don't know about you, but I desire to know His way. His ways are higher than my ways, but I want to know His way. I want to know the way. I want to know which direction to go. What about you? Oh, I want to know. And we got to get down to business. Listen, these children of Israel, as Moses was there on Mount Sinai, they had been down there and had talked Moses into—excuse uh, me—had talked Aaron into. Uh, taking and making a golden calf that they might worship this golden calf and Moses come down and he was angered and well he got down and he put his face to the ground and he called out to the Lord on their behalf listen to me we still got to get down to business calling out to the Lord to remove those things that's in our life that is of none importance you say preacher I feel like there's a lot of things that are important. There is a lot of things. The family's important. But listen to me this morning the old church, the gospel, the elect lady, his bride, it's important this morning. It's worth dying for. It's, listen, there's been countless, there's been millions that have gave their life for this old time way. His Moses, excuse me, is Abraham well, oh, I'm getting way ahead of myself. I'm going to bring this out in the way the Lord have us. Abraham, I love what Romans says over there in the Roman letter. It says Abraham. He wasn't justified by works, but he was justified by faith. He placed his faith and trust in the one to come. But Abraham in the 11th chapter of Hebrews says, For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. And he says there, in the 13th verse, he says, These all died in faith. Not having received a promise. But have seen them afar off. And were persuaded in them. And embraced them. And confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on earth. He said them not having seen the promise. But having seen it afar off. They embraced it. Listen I know you say preacher you're talking about. Moses this morning. Listen this thing goes back a lot further than Moses. Moses said, Lord, show me the way. He said, and he said unto him, and he said, My presence will go with thee, and I will give thee rest. And he said unto him, if thy presence not go with me, carry us not in. He said, carries not him He said, If thy presence doesn't go with me, he said, Let me tarry here. My friend, God needs to be direct in this life. God is the heath. The Lord Jesus is the He. And He ought to be driving it. He's the one. He's the captain of our salvation. Listen to me this morning. He's the chief cornerstone of this. He's the head of it. He ought to be driving it. And He said unto him, If thy presence not go with me, carry us not up hence. He said, For wherein that it, shall, that it shall be known that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight. It is not in that thou goest with us, so shall we be separated, I and thy people, from all the people that are upon the face of the earth. And the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken. For thou hast found grace in thy sight, and I know thee by name. And he said, I beseech thee, Shew me thy glory. And he said, I will make all goodness pass before thee. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. Well, ain't you thankful that he showed you grace. Ain't you thankful this morning that he showed you mercy. Well, I tell you, it just overflows my heart this morning. I'm just so thankful to be a child of God. He said, I want to see your glory. And he said, Thou canst not see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. The gospel of John, in the 18th verse, he says, No man hath seen God at any time, but only the begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, hath declared him. My friend, God said, no man has seen my face at any time and lived. Listen, I realize this morning I may not be making a lot of sense, but I began to think about Moses and how he was led up into the mountain of Nebo and he got to see the promised land. He got a view. And this morning, I'm thankful from time to time there's been views in my life. I began to think about uh, uh, back years ago when I was doing contractor work, uh, I tell you, it's, uh, uh, most of us have traveled and seen mountains throughout our life, and uh, I've said this before that uh, you can get a real good view of the mountain from the valley below, but it's hard to see anything else. But my friend, when you're standing on the mountain, you can get a view like none other. Uh, back years ago, we was working a storm down in Georgia. And it seemed like it took us forever to get to the top of this mountain. There was one one house on the top of this mountain. We had to winch all the way up the top of this mountain. And we got up there and we got the power restored to that old house. And the man lived up there. And he said, come out here on this back deck and take a look. And we was down there in Georgia. And as we began to look out... You could see Atlanta 400 miles away standing out there on the deck of that house. My friend, I'm telling you this morning, I've never seen heaven with these eyes. But my friend, there's been times when I have sat in the midst of God's people that I have got a view, my friend, of that place. Have you? I've got a view of it. The glory of God has come upon the scene and I've got a view of that heavenly city. We sang a song this morning talking about home. I love that song, Brother Mike Jackson. It says, some people call it heaven, but I'll call it home. I've got a little house over yonder at Halifax and I know one day after a while it's going to give away But I've got a home over yonder in glory that my Father has gone to prepare for me. And boy, I'm looking forward to one day being there where Jesus says that there's no more sorrow, there's no more tears. He said there's no more death. I'm looking forward to that day. But my friend, while I'm here in this place, He gives me little glimpses of it from time to time. When God's people will get themselves in the way. to start asking God, would you show me your glory? I want to see your glory, Lord. And my friend, you know what he'll do? He'll pass by. He'll pass by. Aren't you thankful that you get to see through that glass darkly from time to time? Listen. He said, Thou canst not see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. The world men could not have received the Lord Jesus Christ in all of his glory. That's the reason why he had to come in the form of a man. He came in the form of the second Adam. There was the first Adam, and then, then there was the second. That had no sin The world could not have received him Can you imagine Can you imagine The glory of the Lord Jesus I don't think that we fully understand And comprehend it This morning I know I don't I know that I don't Listen to what he says it says, And the Lord said, Behold. He said, Behold. There is a place by me that thou shalt stand upon a rock. And it shall come to pass when my glory passeth by. That I will put thee in the cleft of the rock. And I will cover thee with my hand and I will pass by. And I will take away my hand, and thou shalt see the back parts, but my face shall not be seen. He said, Behold, by me there is a rock, and it shall come to pass. When thy glory passeth by, I will put thee in the cliff of the rock. This morning, listen to what he says over here. I told you I was going to be everywhere this morning. But I tell you, I just... I just want the Lord to have all the honor and glory this morning. 1 Corinthians 10 says this, Moreover, brethren, would not that ye should be ignorant, but how that all of the fathers that were under the cloud and passed through the sea were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and did all eat of the same spiritual meat, and I did all drink of that same spiritual rock, For they drank of that spiritual rock which followed them. And that rock was Christ. This morning, it was a type of picture, a shadow, if you will, of Jesus Christ. And they said uh, there, the Apostle Paul said that that rock uh, that they drank of was Jesus Christ. And my friend, this morning, he's still the rock that I'm standing on. Jesus said over there, uh, he, I believe it's maybe uh, in the 7th chapter of Matthew, He said, the wise man built his house on the rock. He said, when the storms of this life, and I'm paraphrasing that, He said, but when the storms of this life beat and pound upon it, He said, it'll stand strong. He said, but the foolish man, He said, he built his house upon the sand. And He said when the storms of this life come and can pass it, He said it will fall down and great will be the fall of it. Listen, this morning I'm talking about that rock. I'm talking about the rock that we're standing on. We sing that song. The cliff, the rock. Listen. He says... That rock shall stand. He says, Thou shalt stand upon a rock. He said, I will put thee in the cliff of the rock. I began to think about that word, cliff. He said, You can't see my glory. He said, But I'll have you a little hollowed out place there. He said, I'll have you some words that you can hide in. And my friend, this morning, I'm thankful that Jesus Christ is our hiding place. But I want you to know that when he talks about that cliff, he's talking about, he's talking about, uh, I looked that word up, and that word means fissure, the way I can understand it the best. And what that word means is, uh, uh, it means it's a, well, I'll just give you the definition here. Because I'm going to mess it up. I don't ever use notes. But uh, I had some notes I wrote down there. Uh, Bear with me. Oh, man. Well, it's bad when you can't read your own notes. That's embarrassing. Anyway. What that word means is basically... It means that there's a, an opening. It means that there's a uh, uh, a space, uh, a hollowed out space. And I began to think about, uh, it often refers to something that's been pierced. And I began to think about what it is over there that uh, uh, John in the Gospel says, uh, before he's talking about there after uh, the, the soldier came forward and... Uh, and pierced his side. And it talks about there uh, in the 19th chapter in the 34th verses. says, but uh, one of the soldiers uh, with a spear pierced his side, and forthwith came out blood and water. And my friend, that, uh, that word fissure means uh, a, a space, if you will, something that's been opened up. Uh, my friend, and I want you to know that that rock... Jesus Christ is our hiding place this morning uh, because we've been covered, uh, my friend, uh, by the blood. And my friend, I want you to know this morning that there's nothing greater. I believe there's no greater institution than the Lord's church and being a member of her and being a part of her. And my friend, there's nothing more special uh, when the glory of the Lord will pass by and His Spirit fills the house. You realize there's nowhere else in this world that I'd rather be than right here when the presence of God passes by. There's nowhere else. Uh, I've been all over the listen, I've been all over the country. Uh, we talk about uh, the the sun's sets and the sun rises and we talk about tropical islands and we talk about the beaches and we talk most of that I'll never see. But this right here. When the Lord passes by, boy, I tell you what, there's nothing like it. I don't know if these two older brethren can agree with me in this, but boy, something special when a pastor gets to sit back and you just get to watch the church work. Lord, the Spirit just comes in and the church just starts working and laboring and this one's doing this one and this one's saying this and this one's praying and this one's doing this and I'll tell you something, there ain't nothing no more precious and no more sweeter This morning, old friend, there is nothing in this life more precious than standing upon that rock which is Jesus there's nothing more precious than getting a drink of that everlasting water being covered in his blood being washed as white as snow He told him he'd get a glimpse. I thought about when Moses, he said, you shall see my hinder parts. I thought about a song I heard this week. I'm not trying to wear your patience. I'm trying to hurry along here. I'm going to sing part of it to you. I'm not going to sing it, but I want to tell it to you. I'm thankful that I was once blind, but now I can see. But sometimes, sometimes I get blinded by the distractions of this life. This little, this little boy, He's ten years old. He has autism, and he was born blind. And he sings this song called "Open the Eyes of My Heart." And I recommend to you, if you get the opportunity, it's on YouTube. I know there's not a whole lot on there; it's much count probably, but it'll bless your heart. And this little feller. The song goes, Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. See you high and lifted up, shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power and your love as we sing Holy, holy, holy. And I thought about that little feller. He's autistic. And how the Lord had used him in that. And I thought about, God, would you open the eyes of my heart? I want to see him. I find myself thinking as Moses did, Shew me thy glory. Do you want to see Him? I want to see Him. I want to see Him work. I want to see Him work in this church. I want to see Him work in the lives of my family. I want to see Him work in the world. I want to see Him. And I thought about what the Ephesians letter said. Paul said that the Lord our God, excuse me, the Lord God, our Father, Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto us the spirit of wisdom and relevant revelation and the knowledge of Him. The eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling. And what is the riches of His glory, of His an inheritance of the saints. And what is exceeding greatness of His power and un- upward to who believe according to the work of His mighty powers. Which was wrought in Christ which raised Him from the dead and set Him at His own right hand in heavenly places. He said that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. Rather, that the eyes of your heart might be open. Lord, open the eyes of my heart. I want to see your glory. Lord, when I come into your church, when I come into your sanctuary, Lord, open up the eyes. Listen, he says, Now therefore, this is in the second chapter, 19 verse, he says, Now therefore ye are no more strangers or foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints in the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostle prophets and Jesus Christ himself, being the chief cornerstone, in whom are jointly fit the frame together, groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you are also built together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. This place is a habitation. And I'm not talking about uh, the building, but I'm talking about the people. Is built together for a habitation for the Spirit of God. When I think about the tabernacle and the inward workings of it, I'm, I'm about to, I'm going to close here. And I know I've said that, but I'm going to close. This is me closing. I don't want to lose it. When I think of the tabernacle, and I don't claim to be no scholar on this subject, but the tabernacle, the inward workings of it, was beautiful. It was blue and scarlet and purple, and it had cherubim sewed on it. And it had loops sewn together that they could couple them together. And then on top of that, it had uh, an outer garment over it of uh, uh, goat's hair, And then on top of that, it had another covering of ram's skin that was dyed red. And then on top of that, it had another covering of badger's skin. And the point that I'm trying to make Uh, There was no beauty on it, on the outside of it. It didn't look like much. But to see the beauty of it, you had to be on the inside of it. And that's where the beauty was. You go in and, my friend, in the Lord's church, there's beauty in it. That's where the beauty was. It didn't look like much on the outside. But boy, on the inside. It was beautiful. You think about the you think about the detailed work that they put into sewing that and stitching that together, that it was coupled together, that it might be one. And it was beautiful. Listen to me this morning. Do you want to see his glory? And I mean, I do. There's been a few times in my life I have seen it. You know, the first time I ever experienced it? When he saved me. That moment that I passed from death unto life. I didn't really understand it and realize it as a nine-year-old little boy when they took me down to the water's edge. And they buried me with Christ. I didn't fully understand it and grasp the concept of it then. And I didn't truly appreciate the old-time church as much as I do now. But boy, I'm thankful for this old-time way. This church, to me, this old-time way, is worth more than everything. You know why I say that? Because she brought me the gospel. You say, well, preacher, there was a preacher that preached to you. Yeah, he did. But he preached to me under the authority of the church that brought her to me. The church is still working today. Church. I don't know if this made any sense to you or not, but I want to say you one last verse of scripture in the third chapter and the twenty-first verse: "Unto him be the glory in the church by Jesus Christ throughout all ages, world without end. Unto the Lord Jesus be the glory. Unto his church forever." I want to see His glory. I still believe in it. old knee routed, heartfelt salvation way. You say, Well, preacher, I didn't bow a knee. You bowed one right here if you've ever been saved. Right here is where the altar's got to be made. When the Spirit of God passes by, there's nowhere else I'd rather be. I was in a church, first church I pastored. I've only pastored two. Y'all know which one I'm talking about, obviously. It seemed like every Sunday that we was there, something was happening. You know what? I heard Brother Don say one time the people was believing when he pastored Maple Grove. He said they started believing and knowing that the Lord was going to do something every Sunday that they showed up. He said, You know what began to happen? It began to happen. I was talking to a friend of mine, and he said, I said, Brother Boy, you really got into this church. He was there for every service. I mean, he got into the church, and his wife was baptized. His boy got saved and got baptized. I said, You're doing, I said, I'm so tickled about you coming to the Lord's church and everything that's happening. He said, you know, he said, Brother Cole, I'm afraid I'm going to miss something. He said, I'm afraid that if I'm not here, that I'm going to miss something. That's the kind of attitude I would have. I'm afraid that if I'm not here, that I'm going to miss something. I want to come to the Lord's house expecting to see His glory. Lord, would you pass by one more time? God, continue to keep me upon this solid rock. Boy, I'm telling you, I'm thankful that I'm standing upon that solid foundation because without Jesus Christ and me standing upon Him and Him taking me and hiding me in that cliff to that rock, boy, I'd be a man most miserable. Brother Mike, that's our message this morning. As we stand and have a song, if you've never been saved, if you don't know what it's like to stand upon that solid rock, I want to encourage you to seek the Lord this morning while you have the opportunity.